And good afternoon. You're listening to Ken Hodnell. This is the Ken Hodnell Show. Coming to you from our studios right here in exciting El Paso, Texas. Gateway to the Old West, the most haunted city in the country. Well, today's December the 18th, 352nd day of the year. 13 days remain until this year is over with. Let's see. Holidays? National Roast Suckling Pig Day. World Arabic Language Day. Baked Cookies Day. International Migrants Day, as if we don't have migrants every day. Festival of the Winter Waltz. Blue Christmas. Gift of Sight Month. Operation Santa Paws. Worldwide Food Service Safety Month. National Write a Business Plan Month. National Tie Month. National Pair Month, and Universal Human Rights Month. Alrighty, we've uh, going to do a little history segment now. 1118, city of Zaragoza is conquered by King Alfonso I of Aragon from the Almoravid. 1271, Kublai Khan renames his empire Yon. Officially marking the start of the Yon Dynasty in Mongolia and China. 1499, rebellion breaks out in Apaharas in response to the forced conversion of Muslims in Spain. I don't know what the big deal has been on religion, but a lot of, of uh, rulers have said, believe as I tell you to or die. Well, 1622, Portuguese forces score a military victory over the Kingdom of Congo at the Battle of Mumbai in present-day Angola. 1655, the Whitehall Conference ends with the determination that there is no law preventing Jews from entering England after the Edict of Expulsion of 1290. 1777, and again, I don't know what the big deal is about being Jewish. No different than being Muslim or Christian or Albanian, for that matter. 1777, the U.S. celebrates its first Thanksgiving, marking the recent victory of the, by the American rebels over British General John Burgoyne at Saratoga in October. 1787, New Jersey becomes the third state to ratify the U.S. Constitution. 17, and also, I just saw yesterday, it's ranked as the either the most dangerous or the dirtiest state in the Union. 1793, surrender the frigate La Lutine by French royalists to Lord Hood, renamed the HMS Lutine. She later becomes a famous treasure wreck. 1833, national anthem of the Russian Empire, God Save the Tsar, is first performed. 1854, the Legislative Assembly of the Province of Canada abolishes the Senewal system. For those who are not familiar with that system, it was the manorial uh, system of New France. Uh, it was a semi-feudal system of land tenure used in North American French colonial empire. 
Economic historians have attributed the wealth gap between Quebec and other parts of Canada in the 19th and early 20th centuries to the persistent adverse impact of the, this system. Both in nominal and legal terms, all French territorial claims in North America belonged to the French king. And French monarchs did not impose feudal land tenure on New France, and the king's actual attachment to these lands was virtually non-existent. Instead, landlords were allotted land holdings known as manors, and they presided over the French colonial agriculture system in North America. Basically, each um, landlord was the the king of their manor. Alrighty. Eighteen sixty-five, U.S. Secretary of State William Seward proclaims the adoption of the Thirteenth Amendment prohibiting slavery throughout the United States. Now, supposedly this was done with the Emancipation Proclamation, but actually it didn't free a single slave. It was all um, pretentious posturing by Lincoln. Eighteen sixty-seven, the magnitude seven earthquake strikes the, the coast of Taiwan, triggering a tsunami and killing at least five hundred eighty people. Eighteen seventy-eight, the Altani family becomes the rulers of the state of Qatar. Eighteen ninety-two, premier performance of the Nutcracker by Yator Ilyich Tchaikovsky in Saint Petersburg, Russia, took place on this date. Nineteen ninety-eight, Gaston de Dubont sets the first officially recognized land speed record of 63.159 kilometers per hour. That's 39.245 miles per hour in a Jean-Todd electric car. Wind that sucker up and run forever. 1916, World War I, Battle of Verdun ends when the second French offensive pushes the Germans back two or three kilometers, which causes them to cease their attacks. 1917, the resolution containing the language of the 18th Amendment to enact prohibition is passed by the U.S. Congress. Of course, just as with a lot of our elected officials making fortunes uh, in um, having inside information on the stock trades, a lot of elected officials made fortunes helping bootleg liquor come into the country. 1932, Chicago Bears defeat the Portsmouth Spartans in the first NFL playoff game to win the NFL championship. 1935, the Lanka-Samaha Party is founded in Ceylon. 1939, World War II, the Battle of Heligoland Bight, the first major air battle of the war, takes place on this date. 1944, World War II. 20th Bomber Command responds to the Japanese Operation Ichigo offensive by dropping 500 tons of incendiary bombs on a supply base in Hankou, China. Also in 1944, the Supreme Court of the U.S. issued the decision in Korematsu v. U.S. supporting Franklin D. Roosevelt's Executive Order 9066 that cleared the way for the incarceration of nearly 120,000 Japanese Americans, two-thirds of whom were U.S. citizens born and raised in the U.S. Which just supports what I have said 
long and loudly that quite often our legal system is based on political expediency and not the law. 1957, a violent F5 tornado wipes out the entire community of Sunfield, Illinois. 1958, Project SCORE, the world's first communication satellite, is launched. 1966, Saturn's moon Epimetheus is discovered by astronomer Richard Walker. 1972, Vietnam War, President Nixon announces U.S. will engage North Vietnam in Operation Linebacker II. Series of Christmas bombings after peace talks collapsed with North Vietnam on the 13th of December. 1973, Soviet Soyuz program, Soyuz 13, crewed by cosmonauts Valentin Lebedev and Peter Kilmuk, is uh, launched from uh, Baikonur in the Soviet Union. 1977, United Airlines Flight 2860 crashes near Kaysville, Utah, killing all three crew members on board. Also in 1977, SA the Transport Ariane Flight 730 crashes near Madeira Airport in Funchai, Madeira, Portugal, killed 36 people. 1981, first flight of the Russian heavy strategic bomber Tu-160, the world's largest combat aircraft. Largest supersonic aircraft and largest variable sweeping wing aircraft ever built took place on this date. 1995, a Lockheed L-188 Electra crashes near Jamba, Kwando, Kubango, Angola, killing 141 people. 1999, NASA launches uh, into orbit the Terror Platform, carrying the five Earth observation instruments, including Aster, Ceres, Visser, Modus, and Moppet. 2002, California gubernatorial recall. Then Governor of California Gray Davis announces that the state will face a record budget deficit of $35 billion, roughly double the figure reported during its re-election campaign just a month before. 2005, the Chadian Civil War begins when rebel groups allegedly backed by neighboring Sudan launched an attack on Audrey. 2006, the first of a series of floods strikes Malaysia. Death toll of all the floodings, at least 118, with over 400,000 people displaced. 2006, United Arab Emirates holds its first ever election. They didn't know what to do. Never seen it before. 2015, Killingly Colliery, the last deep coal mine in Great Britain, closes. A victory for the left. 2017, Amtrak Cascades passenger train 501 derailed near DuPont, Washington. That's a city in uh, near Olympia, Washington. Killed six people and injured 70 others. 2018, list of bolides. Meteor exploded over the Bering Sea with a force over 10 times greater than the atomic bomb that destroyed Hiroshima in 1945. Uh, 2019, the United States House of Representatives impeaches Donald Trump for the first time. Now, the same people that push for his impeachment are trying to stop the impeachment of President Biden, saying it will destroy democracy. 2022, Argentina wins the 2022 FIFA World Cup final, defeating title holders France 4-2 on penalties following a 3-3 draw after extra time.
All right. You know, there have been a number of things that we have uh, talked about, some of which um, deal with historical situations. Uh, I'm going to do a show uh, today. Well, I've had a lot of questions, and this show today is going to address a lot of the questions I've had. Now, it's no secret that I enjoy uh, shortwave radio, and you can actually, uh, in fact, in some countries, my show was heard on shortwave. Um, since I'm heard around the world, <coughs> I've had a number of... of uh, Request to know why I don't do much more news. See, the problem is, now this is my opinion, <clears throat> mainstream media <coughs> has an agenda. And that means that they monitor and sanitize the news they give so you get the picture they want to give you. <coughs> now, I used to do a lot more. Um, <coughs> good Lord, can't stop coughing. News-related information. And uh, more than once, I was um, chastised for not being liberal enough, not being progressive enough, I was even accused of not being woke enough. But at the end of the day, truth is truth. Um, I mean, CNN, that uh, I slightly knew Ted Turner, who started it, and he was a uh, outspoken individual who said what he thought. And he tried his best to be as truthful as he could in his programming. CNN has become basically a rubber stamp for anything the administration wants to do. This administration, not the previous administration. So I uh, occasionally will address things that come in. I try to go with, uh, to keep in line with the, um, my mantra, the strange and the unusual. But several questions I got, uh, one even came from here in El Paso, is what happens if there's an attempt to uh, censor? And I said, well, I always say, <coughs> that's the primary reason perhaps um, check out shortwave radio. The, uh, I mean, communication can be shut down um, by solar flare, and there's been a number of those. An EMP strike. Even the government can limit what's said. Um, 
I mean, they could actually pull the plug on all non-government um, communications. And you have to wonder if the major news media is actually reporting news from a neutral standpoint. They're supposed to be neutral. Or could they actually become uh, propaganda outlets for whatever administration's in power? Well, if you think any of those may be answered in the affirmative, maybe you ought to look into shortwave. It's a relatively inexpensive way to ensure that you get communications. And since a lot of the uh, receivers are battery-operated, power outlets don't even cause issues. Now, <coughs> well, a shortwave radio is the ultimate free speech medium. Has no regard for national borders. Um, doesn't make any difference who's in power at that particular point in time. And um, quite a lot of commentators have moved to uh, having a uh, shortwave outlet. I mean, shortwave was the initial and still what's called the, the wild west uh, of communications. It's anything goes. Now, it's very likely, to be perfectly frank, that censorship's going to increase worldwide because we're seeing governments everywhere directing social media to clamp down on news and information down the line with the government line. Even Google seems to be adjusting its search algorithms to make it more difficult to read anything contrary to what is approved by the government. But shortwave radio has always been a medium for bringing in truthful news to oppress people. In fact, um, during World War II in the occupied countries, being caught with a shortwave radio was a death sentence. And while it also can bring in propaganda, the beauty of it is you're allowed to decide uh, what you think is useful for you. And as an added bonus, shortwave offers a lot of diversity in what you can listen to, from local and world news to religious broadcasts, foreign press interviews, music, talk shows, sports, travel programs, environmental updates. Uh, you can uh, hear transatlantic commercial, military aircraft, uh, research vessels, ships at sea. Uh, you can actually hear the... Uh, I first realized... How censored our medium is. When I first got into um, shortwave radio, I heard a lot of Morse code. So I got a hold of a uh, thing from my computer that actually translated uh, it as it came in into English. And I found the, um, the news outlets overseas. And what they were reporting and what our news stations in the states were reporting were sometimes two entirely different things. And that's when I really began to believe in the existence of uh, censoring. When uh, we were fighting in Rhodesia years ago, there were English language broadcast on the shortwave out of Rhodesia which gave a true state of 
affairs as opposed to the uh, pro-rebel stance that a lot of the news outlets took. So, you know, the question becomes... Do you want to know what's really going on, or do you want to live in a, a government-authorized bubble? Now, the world has become extremely polarized. We've been seeing that most media's not reporting facts or not reporting the complete truth. I mean, that's, and we all hung on the Russiagate story. Where, Putin helped Donald Trump get elected. And it was hammered on the nightly news every night. Putin, 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 Putin. And then we found out that the Russiagate story was a hoax orchestrated by uh, Hillary Clinton's campaign and paid for with campaign dollars. Now, the polarization escalated even more during his four-year term in office with one false misleading claim about him after another. Uh, virtually none of them wound up being true after extreme scrutiny and investigations. I mean, millions of dollars were spent to get to the bottom of the, the Russiagate hoax. And it was all turned out to be made up. Uh, special counsels were appointed. Millions of dollars were spent with testimonies. And uh, Adam Schiff almost had a nervous breakdown of trying to save democracy. When in actuality, it was all smoke and mirrors. Now, but the question 2020 election and I will point out um, a lot of states have had judges overturn elections due to cheating but with the 2020 election and all the questions that arose the polarization and censorship has simply gone overboard and anything not affiliated with the far left gets demonized by mainstream media <laughs> In today's far left, oh, it says America is just the concept of old white racist Christian men, has become emboldened in their hatred for America. Um, they don't even attempt to hide their hatred any longer. It's all out in the open. But if all you listen to is the mainstream media, you're never going to know that. Now, fortunately, most of us have access to the Internet, and we can read and research and listen to arguments from all sides of the aisle and all walks of life, and despite social media's discouragement of free speech. Uh, I mean, the battle over what was Twitter is very clearly a battle over free speech. And had Elon Musk not stepped in and bought it, Twitter would be in the far-left camp. Now, whether you're from the right or the left or, <coughs> excuse me, somewhere in between, everybody has their own point of view. 
some valid, some questionable, and some just downright goofy. About the internet and a handful of other forms of communication, we have no idea what's really going on in this country or even in the world. We don't even know what the bought and paid for media wants us to believe. And that should be very concerning for everybody. Well, and if you want some examples, without the internet, in regard to COVID, um, we wouldn't know how faulty PR, PCR testing really is and, or how it works. And we wouldn't understand ineffective cloth, ma cloth mask actually are um, protecting against viral transmissions. Everybody was told to run out and get a mask. Didn't make any difference what it was as long as you covered your face. Lockdown, lockdown. Well, cloth masks are completely ineffective. And we wouldn't know there are and have been remedies to cure COVID around since about two months after it publicly appeared. One was ivermectin, which had been around since April of 1978, which was discounted by the media as worthless. But thanks to people like Dr. John Campbell and a number of others, proof of its uh, efficient uh, effectiveness finally came out in the open. And how many people died of causes other than COVID that were counted as COVID deaths? We wouldn't know how many vaccinated people were and still are getting sick with COVID, even though they were told they'd be protected. And without open communications, we wouldn't know how many people died of vaccine complications, which is something else our government hid from us. And finally, we would know that the CDC changed the definition of vaccine. CDC has not been our friend in this. Now, that's nationally. Let's talk about internationally. Without open communications, we wouldn't know there was a trucker strike or convoy in um, Canada that it included the biggest truck convoy in history and how much support Canada and their truckers were getting from all over the world. Well, that tens of thousands of protesters actually shut down Ottawa. Now, more importantly was questions about the 2020 elections. Without open communication, we wouldn't know how many anomalies in this election uh, are still unanswered. We also wouldn't know in the last 132 years no president's received more votes in his run for re-election and lost. That's right. Donald Trump got 10 million more votes in 2020 than he did in 2016 and still lost. He also won 18 of the 19 counties both the Democrats and Republicans regard as bellwether counties that virtually always go with the outcome of the presidential election, but he still 
lost. Republicans held on to all the House seats they were defending and gained another 13. But he still lost. And leading up to the election, unprecedented efforts were made in some states to actually change the election laws. And a number of people across the country submitted sworn affidavits they witnessed ballot tampering on election night and it was all discount, uh, discounted. Conspiracy theories. There was one case where a truck was found on the side of the street, empty, I mean no driver, with 70,000 ballots. Every single one Democrat. And the uh, election uh, official said, well, they had to be counted even though the signatures, I am told, appeared to be identical on most of them. And in a lot of precincts, it was discovered that the vote counting machines were actually connected to the internet, which means the numbers could be changed. They're not supposed to be connected to the internet. Well, now, in spite of all that, it doesn't prove anything other than these are items we wouldn't be aware of if we only had access to the mainstream media or even just Google as a search engine. Now, the point is, without free communications, there's no way to really know what's going on in the world. Without free communication, we'd only hear what these people running the countries and their government-approved news stations want us to hear. And if that sounds familiar, that's exactly what was described in George Orwell's 1984. And this brings up the problem. What if we did not have the Internet? What if somebody could turn it off? I'm told that there are three nodes in this country. If they go out of commission, the Internet's gone. What if somebody could manipulate it in a way that we could only get the government-approved websites? It's actually true that he who controls the information controls the world. Now, both scenarios I just outlined are possible and even likely, especially today. Those who have the power to manipulate mainstream news have the power to manipulate our Internet. And they got the power to determine what websites we can access by altering the code within the top world routers that handle all the Internet traffic. They could suppress the majority of actual real news throughout the world since it all essentially flows through the Internet and the Internet flows through a few top-level routers. And it's not just the Internet. They can turn off cell towers as well in order to eliminate all but their approved communication since they control the top tier of the cell towers as well as the Internet. China already has this type of control in their country and it works fairly well for their Government, those in charge of these mediums can bring all free communications to a standstill. Of course, there is an exception. And while government can, shutting down or rerouting of internet routers can easily slow down and prevent vital information from flowing to the public, 
And while governments can turn these mediums off, they can't just do it all at once without raising questions or without waking up a lot more people. They'd have to create events in order to justify their need to do that. Something drastic would have to occur so the necessary shutdown in our communications would be acceptable by the population. Something drastic enough. I think 9-11 to make it believable. And then, of course, it'd be announced and reported on the control media because that control system, as it currently is, would still remain in place. And because they heard it on TV, a lot of folks would buy it. So how do we get the truth at that point? If this occurs, what can we do to remain informed? Well, that's where shortwave radio comes in. Now, it's a specially designed radio receiver that receives specific radio stations from countries both near and far uh, from where you live and that are hidden in between the standard AM and FM band. Those, the shortwave frequencies range between 3 megahertz and 30 megahertz. And some of these stations are actually located within the U.S., but most are located in other countries around the globe. You can pretty much pick a country and find one or more shortwave broadcast stations coming from there. And there are basically two types of signals that are picked up on shortwave, voice and data. And all shortwave radios will be able to pick up voice communications. I got one from uh, Amazon that does a phenomenal job, and it's small enough I can hold it in my hand. Now, voice communications typically use what's known as AM mode. Better radio allow you to fine-tune AM mode using sideband mode. If the voice is unintelligible and sounds like a Martian speaking, that's sideband. There's upper and lower sideband settings. And you can switch back and forth to try to fine-tune the voice transmissions. Now, data will come through your shortwave as beeps and squeaks and squawks and screeches. You can use a computer and inexpensive software to decode these. Others will be encrypted, so you can't decode them. Some examples of data that you can decode are weather maps and facsimile sent to ships at sea, as well as aircraft on international flights. Now, of course, reception of very from day to night and morning to evening. And also very greatly depending on solar activity. Solar flares and solar storms can disrupt shortwave reception. And uh, there are a number of other things that will also affect reception. A main one is the total distance between your antenna and the broadcast station. Now, the little shortwave radio that I mentioned by a company called Texan uh, has a built-in antenna, and most of what radios do, but you can also get a, uh, what I call an extended antenna. It's basically uh, a wire. In fact, my first shortwave radio was given to me by, by my great-uncle. Um, He liked to listen. He wasn't a chatterer. So he gave me the shortwave radio, and he gave me about 30 feet of copper wire 
And he said, string that up and attach it to your radio. And I got stations I never dreamed existed all over the world. Now, your receptional fluctuation is also based on the time of year. There are seasonal weather fluctuations. Also, the time of day. You get much better reception at night, in my experience. So space conditions such as solar flares and meteor showers and things like that. Atmospheric conditions close to Earth, we call it weather. And whether there are mountains or tall buildings that can interfere with reception from distant stations. And some stations actually direct their broadcast towards specific countries, and they talk in that particular language. So, that means, for example, you don't have to speak Korean to listen to a Korean broadcast, but to understand it, you might need to know some Korean. Now, shortwave, for those that are not really familiar with shortwave, it actually began with Marconi, who was experimenting with the transmission of radio signals in the 19th century. His initial interest, of course, was to contact ships at sea, since the only way at that time to transmit messages was with telegraph wires. And after a few attempts, he successfully sent the world's first radio message across open water on May 13, 1897. And his work led to a communications revolution. 1903, he was able to transmit from the UK, a station in Wales, all the way to Canada, and that impressed a lot of folks. Even the Titanic had a Marconi transmitter, was able to put out an SOS via shortwave that allowed many other ships to, to hear it. Didn't do them a hell of a lot of good, but they still got the message out. Now, shortwave works for a very long distance due to it bouncing off our ionosphere which is 30 to 260 miles above the surface of the Earth and coming back down to Earth. And this allows you, for example, to live in Kansas and listen to radio in Nepal. Now, atmospheric conditions, of course, can and do affect how well long-distance transmissions work, so some evenings are going to be poor and other evenings they're going to be very strong. Now, since its invention, communications has always reverted back to radio transmission. During wars, listening to various radio frequencies has been a reliable way of getting authentic news about what's going on. You still have to sort through the news to determine what's factual and what's not, the same as we do, uh, at least should do today on the Internet. But at least this way you can get both sides of, of uh, information in order to sort through it. Now, shortwave was very popular up until World War II, and the U.S. government performed a quiet push in favor of the AM broadcasters. They frankly did not want you to listen to news from around the world and hear what the other countries were reporting. They wanted you to get your news about World War II right here in America. They're Americans. There's a move to better control Americans' assimilation by forcing them to let uh, go of their motherland traditions and beliefs and become nationalists good example that's occurring recently in the war between Russia and Ukraine. One of the first things Russia did was to disable Kiev's uh, TV tower the morning of March 1st, 2022. And why did they do such a thing? To cut off communications to the people of Ukraine and break the resistance of the people by effectively isolating them from others who are on that same side.
Now, in times of war, one of the first things an invader does is try to shut down a country's free press. That includes newspaper, radio, TV, and today it'd be the Internet. That's a standard part of an invader's playbook. Propaganda is most effective when there are no competing sources of information available. But what these warring governments can't shut down are all radio transmissions because in radio there's no backbone and no real organized traffic flow. Each station's broadcasting from an antenna that radiates outward and not going down one single line for redistribution and not typically hopping from one location directly to another. Radio signals can be heard and, frankly, are originating from thousands of miles away. Well, since the Cold War ended, we thought the days of suppressing news and information was over a couple of decades ago in the majority of the world. But with the recent invasion of Ukraine and with most external news agencies being thrown out of Russia, as well as having their internet websites blocked, international broadcasters are launching new shortwave services to get their news through the people in and around both countries. In fact, owning a shortwave radio in Russia may once again be a subversive activity, and it's likely to expand worldwide. I might also point out that um, much the same is taking place in uh, Gaza. I discovered uh, that their shortwave, uh, there's an app, there's an app for everything. There's an app that's actually a shortwave radio on the internet. And I was able to uh, listen to a lot of the uh, Israeli stations. And at the same time, we've got uh, elected officials talking about how evil the Israeli Defense Force is. I was listening to the Israeli Defense Force talking, and I got a different picture than what was being spouted on our mainstream media. Ham radio operators throughout the world been the ones reported uh, during emergencies, during wars, during uprisings, revolts, coups, and more. Now, ham radio operates on many of the same frequencies shortwave radio does with the added benefit of two-way transmission with a relatively low dollar entry point. On the caveats, you need to obtain a government license in order to broadcast on ham radio. Or at least you do if you want to remain legal. Now, regular news channels and mediums were used by governments as propaganda outlets to inform the public of only what they wanted the public to be aware of. So ham radio operators took it upon themselves to report what was actually happening. And guess where you can listen to ham radio operators if you don't have a ham radio? On shortwave radio. Now, with a shortwave radio, you can listen to programs sponsored by governments around the world, such as uh, BBC, Voice of America, Armed Forces Radio, and at a, when I was in South America, that was a great source of information. Radio Moscow, Voice of North Korea, Voice of France, and most of them have English language broadcast. Then there's pirate radio. Those are unauthorized broadcast. There used to be a number of uh, ships permanently anchored off the coast of various countries that were radio stations. Then there are time stations, WWV, CHU, utility stations, including aircraft over oceans, point-to-point -point services, ship-to-shore, even spy stations. Amateur radio, that's ham. Music, American, Arabic, Indian, Indonesia, African, Peruvian, and a whole lot more. You know, additionally, short way of listening... Uh, which is referred to as SWLing, can give you a 
unique perspective on events that you just can't get from American news reporting. If you listen to a coverage on CNN or ABC of an event that occurred in Moscow, you get the American perspective on what's happening from an American reporter. If you listen to the voice of Russia on shortwave, you get the Russian perspective from a Russian journalist. And as expected, the two interpretations of the same news can be poles apart. You can listen to a shortwave radio and not worry about being located using any type of tracking technology with which I am currently familiar. Reason is you're only getting a signal and you're not transmitting anything. It's the same basic concept as human speech. Now, uh, a lot of my listeners, what I call the paranoid conspiracy buffs, and what would the world be without them? But there's positive. The FBI is going to kick in their door at any moment. Well, if you're listening to shortwave radio, they don't know where you are or what you're doing. If a person's speaking, you can easily identify where that person's located based on the sound of their voice. But if you're only listening to the person, then nobody's going to know where you might be because your ears don't make any noise. In fact, hundreds of thousands of people could be listening to one person speaking, and you wouldn't know how many people are listening or where each of these people is located. That's the same basic concept as listening to a radio broadcast as opposed to transmitting a broadcast. So when the next government-controlled and instigated power grab occurs, and if history is an indicator, it's going to occur in time, shortwave radio will allow you to stay informed. Now, I just got an email. said, do you need expensive equipment? Uh, no. My um, little Texan, I think, cost me $140. And the reason I got that one, it's got a lot of bells and whistles that a basic model doesn't. You need to take a course on how to operate it? Nope. Cut it on and play with the dials. Need a license? No. And if you are uh, one of those that I refer to as a prepper or a survivalist, and uh, this is certainly something right up your alley, and so my recommendation is to get an inexpensive shortwave radio. And with this, you can tune in to broadcast from all around the world and know what's going on. You don't even need to put up an antenna with the newer portable shortwaves to listen to worldwide. Although I will say an inexpensive external uh, antenna will greatly increase what you listen to. So if it's feasible, and you can even put it inside, it doesn't have to be outside anymore. Short wave, you're not be able to broadcast, but you can listen to what's going on. You can stay informed, be informed, and quite often save lives. Now, I've been playing with short wave radio since I was in South America. I bought my first one at a swap meet in hmm. He's in the Panama Canal Zone. I think it cost me $40. And it's a great little radio. Now, a lot of them are inexpensive, durable, and have some of the best reviews on the market. Now, I'm, I'm not trying to sell anything. I don't sell shortwave radios and don't sell accessories. I don't work for a radio company. I don't know anybody who sells shortwave radios other than a store. 
So, and learning how to use a short radio is very simple. Though it can be intimidating at first glance since there are so many frequencies to listen to and so many opinion, um, options on the radios to use. So a great way to learn is to join a social media user group for the specific radio you plan to buy and use. And there are a lot of them out there. Then on Facebook, which I don't recommend because um, I know a number of people whose uh, Facebook threw off saying they weren't liberal enough. Now, the bottom line is to ensure you'll be able to receive authentic news and know what's going on in our rapidly changing, politicized world of deteriorating societies and values. Consider shortwave radio as an inexpensive way to stay abreast. Now, you may be called a conspiracy theorist, but it's always a conspiracy theory that becomes true, as have so many of them in the last few years. Downside of your preparing is you may find a new hobby. It's both interesting, addicting, and educational. The upside is it could very well save your life in a world emergency during a complete media blackout. And if history is indicator of things to come, it will happen. Now, in a few minutes I've got left in today's broadcast, I'm going to recommend some... Um, Radios um, the Retecus V115 cost about 25 bucks. Very basic entry level radio. It's designed to fit in your shirt pocket. It's got AM, FM, shortwave from 4.75 to megahertz to 21.85 megahertz. That's not the full old range, but it's adequate in many cases. My favorite. In fact, the one I have is the Texan PL330. And uh, I bought it off Amazon. It's got a full range coverage with AM, FM, uh, long wave, short wave, single sideband. Got a built in battery charger with a near phone jack. And for the price, it does very well on the short wave uh, bands. And that's the Texan PL330. Now for 140, you can get the PL680. Now there's dozens. Um, I can only talk about the ones I've used. And the uh, the Texan is a is a good solid brand. That's T-E-C-S-U-N. And the prices on Texans go all the way up to about $170, $180. But, as I said, the 330, which is about 80 is a very good radio. I've used it quite a lot. Then you've got the Eaton Delight Satellite. If you've got a bigger budget, that goes for about $500. It's the upper end of the handheld portables. Sports AM, FM, stereo, shortwave, aircraft, and single sideband. It's got a line in and a line out, so you can hook in an external amplifier and speakers, as well as a headphone port for private listening. It's chargeable with a 
AC adapter, and it works with four AA batteries. It's got a built-in telescoping antenna. Now, the Texan S2000, which is about 290, uh, runs on AC as well as DC. Runs on 4D batteries. Quite impressive um, in the way it looks and, and feels. So, as I, when you look at the upsides and the downsides, Anything that gives you unfiltered um, information can be a godsend if the balloon goes up, as we used to say in the military. And if you're dependent on listening to just one source of information, and that source of information is, uh, shall we say, uh, co-opted, you don't really know what's true and what's not. You know what the powers that be want to be true. And if you listen to some of the silliness that comes uh, out of our elected and appointed officials, um, you know what I'm talking about. For example, John Kerry. We have to stop carbon emissions as he flies around the world in his private plane uh, preaching the dangers of flying around the world on a private plane. Does that make any sense at all to anybody? Well, if all you do is listen to him on uh, the parts of his speeches that are put on uh, mainstream media, he comes across as a, a wise old man. But if you hear the other things that are said, it's quite clear that he's not exactly, um, shall we say, um, dependable. With all that having been said, we're done out of time for today's show. And though I, I, I book 60 minutes for each of my shows, I usually go about 55 because I don't want to rush things. There's certain topics I want to cover. When I'm covered, I've got nothing else to say. So until tomorrow at this time, this is Ken Hudnall for the Ken Hudnall Show saying, happy listening. And you can also hear me on Show A Radio. So until tomorrow, have a great evening.